Hello and welcome to the 6++ Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen and nimble auto-advancing raveners to that 6++ Show. Regular co-host Lee has abandoned us to raise an actual human child. I am informed that these require constant care and attention and that leaving them half-assembled in a garage for years is in fact frowned upon. (laughs) So we wish Lee all the best with that and he will of course return in the future uh, to chat about things he's interested in coming on and talking about. But um, in the meantime, we're just going to save his energy for when we need him to, to kill people for us at events. Um, but that does mean there's an opportunity for a new a new co-host on the six plus 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 show, and I am delighted today to welcome Davy to the team. Hello, Davy. How are you doing? <laughs> hey guys, how are you doing? <laughs> it is very good to see you. Uh, you've got a very nice little nice little background space behind you there. I don't see anything forty k related. That's the one thing I would no. say. No, we this is what we call some... wife's corner. So this is all the wife's uh, things. Nice, <laughs> nice, things. <laughs> nice things. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Very healthy things. Um, and do you want to tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself uh, in 40k terms, David? They don't need to know your sort of oh, whole absolutely. life story, but tell us about your sort of 40k story to date. Well, if you know anything about me, you love you know the fact that I love talking about myself. So that's no problem at all. <laughs> uh, I'm David Liddell. I've wrote it in my notes, in fact, that I am David Liddell. <laughs> um, you might recognise me as the 14th best tyranny player in the Great British Isles, which is nice. <laughs> something I've just researched. <laughs> um, after one event, so take nice, from that, take from nice. Um, I've been um, a Warhammer addict for nearly two years now. Um, <laughs> I played a lot as a teenager. I used to play fantasy battles as a teenager, nice. but I had to stop because my father, my mum and dad, thought I was um, getting groomed by child predators. Oh shit! Yes, so I had to stop. Um, oh no. Yeah, but I'm back in the hobby now via. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to come out to them again. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. they weren't as bothered about it then. Like, yeah. <laughs> he can probably make his own decisions at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I came back in via Magic the Gathering, so I have like a unique uh, appreciation for the balance in this game because if you haven't played <laughs> Magic the Gathering before, man. Yeah. That game is insane, balance. So, yeah, yeah. Is it really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I've man. never really, I've never really thought comparatively out at games beyond just Sigma Forty K. So is Magic really weird? It is right, and I think I was trying to think about this before on how to explain it. But you know, if like you're, you need a unit to make your army better, you can go out and buy that unit. Boy, you can't do really I do that for a reasonable price in Magic because <laughs> you have to go and buy a booster pack. So it's like going and saying, right, I'm gonna, I need, I need aberrants. Ah, uh, yeah, because the cards are just all mixed up all around the place, and then just ending up with more Atalan bites. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, it, it's we, funny you say more Atalan bites because I actually have two boxes more Atalan bites than I, I could legally ever field uh, <laughs> because because of a shipping mix-up. Oh yeah, and I have declared myself. I have messaged Goblin Gaming like, look, they have arrived. <laughs> What do we want to do? And I was like, I was like, come on, say just keep them, say just keep them. And of course, they're like, nah, you post them back. So that's a oh, shame. Yes. Uh, but it's nice for the time being. I have forty Atlan jackals in a world that can only ever accommodate thirty. Anyway, oh, sorry, I've derailed you. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, interesting fact. I was in Harry Potter. What? Yes. Which bit? The second last Harry Potter. Yeah. Um. Uh. What was it? Deathly Hallows Part One. Yeah. Oh, it was a snatcher. 
I'm in it for a good 13 seconds. Close up oh. on my face, everything. Oh, my word. Yeah, I recognize you. Okay. So oh, the no, irony I, is lost on me that, like, my dad stopped me playing Warhammer <laughs> because I looked like someone who was a child predator, and then I was cast as a child predator. <laughs> like, that's some Greek tragedy shit right there. Yeah, that's uh, – you became the very thing they tried to protect you from. That's great. Um, I'm going to have to watch that now. And um, we're going to we're gonna have to get that up on. Yeah, that's got to be on our socials. You know, <laughs> we've got to start. We have when we do bat reps, we have like a little people do a little intro thing, and they yeah, people walk on and they turn. Do a, they, they do a pose, but we'll, we'll have Davey with like his, <laughs> yeah. Davey with like his hood up. <laughs> and um, in terms of forty k armies, obviously you have been deep in the hive mind for a while, haven't you? That's that's your main your main. Absolutely, yeah. Team. So I mean, Nids, I um I did um have salamanders. That was the first army I came back into it with, but I sold them and uh, picked up Tyranids just for something different because I was yep. so sick of just marching forward slowly. And yep. um, and I bought Tyranids. Two weeks later, they announced the book. I was like, this was a great idea. Yeah, solid shout. Very, very nice. Been a great, good time to be running Nids. And you've, you've, the whole time I've known you, you've always run – you've basically covered all the different ground as far as I can see. You've, you know, you've done monsters. You've done quite a finesse psychic list. You were quite big on your Tervigan, weren't you? You like your Tervigan? Yeah, I do like the Tervigan. It's really <laughs> great. I mean, that's the thing with the Nid book, man. It's, we're so lucky in that we've got so many decent options. Yeah. Like, obviously, Leviathan was big, but I am one of those annoying people that doesn't like to do the mainstream thing. Like, yeah. I want to do something else. I, so I that, feel you, buddy. I feel so you. People don't, all I want is for people not to roll their eyes when they see my list. That's all <laughs> yeah. I want, right? Yeah, I know. I, I totally get that. And it's, I think when, you, when you've got an army that's sort of having its time in the sun, as Nids is, it's especially hard to do that. Mm. You have to work really hard to convince people that you're one of the good guys. It's not easy. But I had this with Jakari where you'd be like, look at this weird sub faction. They're like, I still, I still hate you, really. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's tough out there, but the wheel turns and it will all, it, it'll all come back around again. Um, I, I, I don't see the irony as well that I'm currently running like John Lennon's list as well. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, you can't do it all the time, right? Exactly. <laughs> I like to try things, but also I like to win games. Yeah. Well. I think that Kraken list is also genuinely very interesting. Like oh, it, cool. it, it does a lot of quite unique stuff and it's, um, it's not walking, you know, 27 warriors into the middle and going, hello. You know, there's, there's there's a lot more stuff going on with that. So, mm-hmm. no, it's cool. Um, I'm gonna our, our captain's here, and he's not been able to say anything yet. So we'll get we'll get our captain in. That's uh, he is also here. I'm also joined as ever by our stalwart Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. I'm excited to have um, a Harry Potter. Yeah, I can't believe that. It's so exciting. Yeah. He's kept that one hidden. Yeah, he has. That is a slow reveal. It gets me curious as to whether there's other acting credentials in his background, and it looks like there is. So we'll we'll get we'll slowly reveal these as we as we move through the weeks. I don't think there's any sense giving those all the way up front, but um, it's a whole a whole. Got to keep them coming back for more yeah, time. We've yeah, got to keep yeah, them coming yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> Reel them in. But it's good to have someone uh, in front of the camera that actually has a clue what to do with that. That's actually quite reassuring. So that's good. Um, Chris, what's new in your life? Have you done any 40K nerdy related things of late? I actually have not really. I've been um, just, it's weird, but since the last tournament, I've just not been bothered to paint. Um, I've painted one hemlock Mm -hmm. um, and other than that, nothing. I've just kind of been watching bat reps and that sort of thing. Um, Been playing the new Pokemon because I am obviously that cool. Um, but other than that, no, actually hobbying has been very poor recently. But I am just about to buy a shed load of Craftworld Eldar from nice. James Difford, who 
at one point we said, let's do Crusades. And Jamie went, okay, and then bought a 2,000-point army. <laughs> and then in true Jamie style went, oh, actually, this isn't for me. And so I'm now picking up pieces. I've probably just increased the price um, of what I'm paying him by 10% by saying this. But Very nice. I've, uh, I'm going to be getting lots of, lots of good stuff. So, yeah, working towards Yanari still. Very nice. But at some point in the new year when Harlequins maybe finally get butchered in January. Who maybe. knows? And then I could just smoothly switch over to uh, um, shame. To, uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone would be devastated, wouldn't they? If yeah. in secondaries weren't so good. They've had, a, they've had a really good run, considering it is nearly a year since uh, Void Readers. For, yeah. them, for them still to be pushing the high fifties, I think is amazing. Like to to get away with it for that yeah. long. I think Drakari probably got about got away with it for almost that long too, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just elf books. They just except Crawfords, of course. But you'll find that all out for yourself. I don't want to give that away. Crawfords, obviously. Maybe that maybe they'll get some nice stuff in the new year. That'd be very timely. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's good advice in general, though. If you not, don't feel like painting, just don't paint for like a week, two weeks. I think, that's, I think that's massively yeah. important because it's a hobby, and if it if you accidentally make it an extra job, that can be really rough. And I think that's that's always the danger with this stuff, right? And so it's painting's easier with a deadline as well. I think sometimes. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, speaking, yeah, speaking yeah. of, I broke my. I actually ever had had like a few months of, of being quite good and only painting like one squad at a time, uh, but then uh, Innes Wilson obviously came on the show and talked me into thinking that I, I'd be good at GSC. I'm not. Thanks a lot, Innes. By the way, that's great. It's it's really hard. It's really fucking hard. You made it sound so easy. It's really hard if you're not Innes Wilson. I'm just gonna get that out there now. As it turns out, been sold alive, sold a dream, just like the cult. In fact, actually. Um, uh, but I've been painting a lot of GSC. I painted 20 more neophytes and I've started on these Atalan Jackals because that's the secret source in, in GSC. As it turns out, it's all about them bikes. And I, so I've been painting through them. They're actually a joy to paint. They're lovely models. Um, but And because I had had a bit of painting downtime, actually doing a nice batch paint over a week was really fun. I really enjoyed it because I hadn't done it, hadn't done it in ages. It was really nice to, to layer things up and have have people chatting about the guard book in the background as I painted my GC the cult. So that was good. But we'll chat events because that was what obviously that was for an event. We're gonna what we're gonna do today is we're starting a series on how to lose at 40k. Uh, I don't know how long the series is going to be. Um obviously one of the best ways to lose at anything is to just give up halfway through. So we, we might maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a three series. Maybe it isn't you know, maybe it's just another thing that you couldn't be bothered to do and that I say that's I think that's there's an important lesson in that in itself. Um, but t- this week we'll be doing practical tips. But before that, we're going to briefly, briefly, Chris is shaking his head because he wants to tell us everything about everything. We're going to br- <laughs> try and briefly run through our recent event attendance. I will let Chris go first because then I'll know how much time we have left to work with at the end. Yeah, okay, well. <laughs> but Chris, tell us about the event you've been to and how you did and any key lessons from that. Off you go. Cool. So um, a few weeks ago now, we went to Coventry. We took quite a few people. Um, <laughs> all of us went for the three-day event. Yep. Um, so we had Jamie East. He went four and four. Um, we had Paul, who went three and five. Kieran, who won three games, drew one. Yep. Um, we had Dave, who played some Warhammer and uh, won two. Um, so... He's not having the best time. But then Lee and I did the two-day. Lee and I did the two-day, and Lee went with his Chaos Demons, and he did really well. He um, 
he went three two, but his two losses were to David Gaylard and Mark Crumbleholm. So he just got really unlucky with like his matchups and considering yeah. he hadn't really practiced much. That was Regan. He actually only lost by like two or three points to Mark Crumbleholm. It came down to one walk ritual, which he didn't get off. Um, so he did really, really well. Yeah. Um, I took the Harlequins. It was just after the light nerf. Um, so I was trying, trying Twilight stuff. I tried three big blobs, didn't like it. So I went back to like a mix of my list. So for any Harlequin players out there, I had six Star Weavers with five in each boat. Um, I had um, two 10-man blocks for Choppy Choppy. Mm-hmm. And I had two bikes because I like to do that stuff. Very nice. Um, so game one. Um there were good news and bad news. Um, the good news was I was running against Drakari. And as Tom has pointed out multiple times, Drakari do not like Harlequins. No, they um, do not. So it was a good matchup for me. The bad news was it was Julio, who at the time was ranked the number one Drakari player in the whole world. He's very good at Drakari. Yeah. Turns out he is quite good at Drakari. Um, so we went in, it was abandoned sanctuaries. And overall in this game, I actually felt really happy with how I played. Um, I put out just the right amount of models to do what I needed to do. I was playing it really nicely. And at about turn three, I was like 60, 40 up and in a really good place. The problem was at that point, at the start of my turn four, I also had no time left on my clock. Um, because, uh, so obviously some players play with clocks, some don't. Some people really stick to the rules of the clock. Some just use it as a guideline. Julio plays it, so the proper full chess clock rules. So as soon as you're out of time, you can only roll saves, um, which kind of sucks. So I ended up losing like 80-60 because um, I timed out. We yeah. discussed it afterwards, um, uh, 83-68. So I lost by 15. Um, we discussed it afterwards. We kind of both agreed I would have won mm-hmm. um, the game. Um, I felt in a really good place in terms of that game. I still had plenty yeah. of scoring. It's a great matchup, yeah. So that's good. You can have your head held high by the well, same I was way. happy with that one, but also sad. Um, game two, I then went into Death Guard. Now, um, Death Guard have lots of obsec, which means it's hard to steal objectives. Mm-hmm. And Death Guard also really likes Shuriken because it goes down to one damage. Um, I was playing against a lovely guy called John who was just there for a good time. Like, one of his first ever tournaments had been the LVO. Like, oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, he just flew oh, over. Maniac. Army flew over to Elvio. What a hero! Um, and he had like twenty, thirty to Death Guard Terminators and little bits of extra. Um, he hadn't replayed really against Harlequins before, and he didn't realise you need to bum rush them. So he didn't probably lock <laughs> down his objectives well enough. But with all that obsec, it should be really hard for me to be stealing objectives and that sort of thing. Yeah, we, have the, we have the benefit of Stuart locally to know that it can basically be impossible to get it stuff. It can, it can <laughs> be. Um, and in this game, I was able to keep him, because it was data scry salvage, I was able to keep him to zero on primary all the way through to turn five. Um, on turn four, it was like 90-24, the score. And I finished 97-67 um, because you had a huge amount of scoring left. At, Very nice. The end. But I was happy with that. That was a good one. Lovely opponent. Game three was against Empress Children. Um, a guy who loves his Empress Children. So he didn't have the full list. He didn't have Abaddon. Um, he didn't have the guy which gives them trans hit and no re-rolls. He had obliterators. Um, yeah, Dark Apostle. Um, and this was a very interesting game um, on turn two because I made a massive mistake. Um, he, his Terminators, were sat in the middle ready to strike. I move-blocked them with five troop, 
And I went, ha ha, you can't get to my 10 man now. What I did forget is that they had lots of storm bolters. Yeah. bolters. And what happened was those five troops then very quickly died. And he had like an eight inch charge to my, uh, my 10 troop. And then he just sat there in the middle and chopped up a star weaver I'd used to move block instead. And I guess in his mind, he went, I'm just going to hold this middle. And that's my plan. And at no point did he think, oh, I could go in and wreck this 10 man. On top of that, he'd failed delightful agonies. So that was my go turn. So I invested five CP and um, lots of shooting and psychic, and that ten man just went pff, right yeah. to pieces um, without the feel no pain. It's quite comfortable. In the that is the go turn. If they don't make the five up, that is when you go. Especially when you're re-rolling all hits. If you're listening, Lee, please don't make the five up on Thursday. Early would be good. <laughs> like maybe turn turn one or two is when I would like you to fail that, so that I can punch you in the face while I still have models. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Yeah. Um, and then that game, he took one flank, I took the other. It was Death and Zeal, and we traded over the middle, and I won 180. Nice. So, um, he just couldn't – he had this idea, oh, this is a Dreadnought. This Dreadnought's going to kill that Star Weaver. It's probably not, mate. It's got like yeah. two yeah. shots. We've yeah. all been there. It's not going to yeah. do it. The old, um, the old assign one model to do one job. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, game four was the most epic game I've had in a very, very long time. Um, it was against Orcs, a guy called Reese, lovely opponent, played it really, really well, like a really high-skilled opponent, um, and it was brutal. So I won 66-63. Now, that's a really low-scoring game for um, Harlequins, um, and that was quite simply because I chose Weave Vale, and I went to do my first Weave. I was like, I'll play outside of his denies, and then he went, oh, I've got a stratagem where I can deny from any unit. I didn't know he had that strategy. Ah, um, and I, I guess I should, well, I'll now know for future to ask. Um, but basically what happened was turn one, I rolled a four, got denied. Turn two, I rolled a four, CP re-rolled it into a three, got denied. Turn three, I rolled a double one, perils, had to take it because I needed the CP elsewhere. Turn four, I rolled a four, and that got denied. And turn five, all my shadow seeds were dead. Um, so I scored zero on We Veil. Vale. Wow. Um, the only silver lining there was he chose Walk Ritual and only scored a three on it. So that kind of balanced itself out. Um, it was so hard. My dice rolling was appalling in this game. And what that led to was I got demexed super quickly. And anyone who plays Harlequins knows it gets a lot harder when you're getting demexed. And it, it was constantly, I was on the edge of can I kill enough and then survive the punch back. And I ended the game with a troop master and 10 guys, and they were able to spread out to these two objectives to get me a hold more nice. um, in order to score me the three-point win. One other thing that was quite irritating was the Waz bomb Daka jets, which are horrendous. And every single time, every turn, he got through one wound, and every single time he rolled a five or six on one shot Star Weaver, which was quite Good. Um, and then <laughs> um, the one time it failed, he got through a melter shot and rolled the six for the d6 damage. I was like, You son of a bitch. Um, so that was a very satisfying game. Um, and then three and one, yeah, exactly, Davey, exactly. You can <laughs> comment. Um, it was against a girl called Christina, and that was Sisters of Battle. Um, and this was a a game which I actually really enjoyed because I only killed three models in the entire game. Yep. And from turn two, I knew I'd won. Um, she had a different sister's list. She had lots of Paragon suits, Penitent Engines, Mortifiers, etc. They can't travel through walls. 
So I got first turn and I went and stuck two Skyweavers in the deployment zone and blocked them all off from escaping. Hmm. Unfortunately, Christina didn't realize that she needed to charge to then kill them, pile in and consolidate out of the trap. So turn two, I stuck an empty Starweaver in the same place. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, and by the time we got to turn five, she was just about starting to get out of her deployment zone. I lost about a third of my army. She also chose assassinate. She was never getting anywhere near any of my characters. Um, so it finished 97, 80. Um, so yeah, I went four on one. I came very, to very good results. A hundred really people. I was yeah. really happy with how I played that weekend. Barring that one mistake against Empress Children, um, which didn't cost me the game, I actually felt I played the list really well. I really like the list. Um, I've made two changes um, to my list for Leicester. I've changed my Death Jester, so I've now got um, the No Overwatch Death Jester. Because yeah. I don't know if you know these guys, but there are flamers around, and they're quite good. So if I want to charge okay. flamers, right. I need to be able to charge them. So I've got that. And I've gone from the Twilight Fangs store, um, sword, I've gone back to Chegarax Rose, because most of the time I just wished I had a three damage weapon, which was re-rolling wounds, mm. as opposed to lots of attacks, but only two damage. Um, I just wished I had that, really, for a lot of those particular games. So I've just gone back to that switch. But Nice. Very happy. And sticking on, you're going to stick on Twilight because the herd have obviously followed Mike Porter back to light. So I'm, I'm, you'll I get do. some points for respect if you stick on Twilight now. Well, yeah, you know, I'm so <laughs> such a alternative. With the list with the two um, with the two blobs, which I actually found really useful, and in games which I've lost in the past, just having that combat threat would have been nice. Um, you need the CP. Yeah, um, and therefore you need to have Player of the Twilight, which yeah, is you need the regen. Right? Um, I think if you're running eight boats, then I think as my oh, of course, of course, you, of course you run like of course. But you. I only have six boats, and I'm sticking with six boats. Um, what I've done is I've got rid of some bikes, and I've put in some fighty blobs. And actually, I really like that dynamic. I, so, I, the uh, ten mans are just so cool. I remember from when you were first play testing Harlequins, yeah, dark, yeah. seeing what a ten man does, and you're just like, yeah. It's so fun. They can basically just, take up nearly anything. In, slap some straps on and it will blend most things in the yeah. world. It's so good. So nice to have. No, that's really cool, man. And it's um, you've had a couple of frustrating events in the run-up to that, so I think it's nice to see perseverance and practice and effort uh, reaping a reward. Because, I mean, as I say, especially, mm-hmm. especially considering the sort of time-based uh, conditions in the loss to, to Julio, you, you've basically you know, come incredibly close to a really, really, really top finish. Um, and twelfth is amazing anyway in a in a in a sort of crowd of a hundred plus. So no, really, really good showing. And okay. that will be what you take to Leicester, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the plan. I said I'm working on Unari at the moment, but they'll kick in if there's a big nerf in January. Um, but other than that, yeah, sticking with Harlequins. The list I like. Brilliant. And Davey, were you also at Leicester? Am I right? Oh, not not uh, Leicester. Coventry, well, yeah. Do you mean Coventry? Coventry, yes. Do you yes, want to tell people about your Coventry day-er. experience? Yes, I was, <laughs> you were I was, a three-day. I was at a three-day. Yeah, wow. So first ever three-day. You know what? I really enjoyed it. I thought I'd be more knackered than I was. but You liked you know a three-day? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Nice. That's yeah. good. I found my first. I think because we did beachhead and because I drank too much, um, I found it quite harrowing. But I think it's there. That's um, it's it's an interesting one. So take us through it. Sure. So, uh, overall, I went 4-4. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I started it off against uh, Jay Seaburn, who's in uh, Vanguard. Oh, Tactics. I know Jay. Yes, I played Jay. Yeah. What a nice guy, right? And, and, I, is, and I will preface is. this entire quick review that I'm going to do with everyone was a belter. Like, everyone was <laughs> top that I played. It was good. such a good weekend. And maybe that's why, you know, playing eight games to really nice opponents, maybe that's why I came out of it like quite like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I I just edged Jay on the primary, so that, that took me for a, a game one win, which I was quite happy about. Um, I then nice. played Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie was playing Harlequins. Again, absolutely top last, really good crack, and uh, giving me abuse the entire time, which I love, um, <laughs> and beat me 171. Nice. So, yeah, just scoring for fun, man. Really good. Was that the 16 five-mans? No, had a load of 12 five-mans. I think so, yeah. It no, was Relentlessly dropping by uh, yeah, both five matches. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really good. And then, uh, forgive me, I've, I've not wrote his name in my ICT app, but Shark Boy, if you know, you'll know Shark <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, if you know yeah, Shark yeah. Boy. Um, again, a close game. He neck runned me, and then, uh, but he, he came a little bit too close to the Kraken on. Oh, yeah, I should really tell you what I took on my list. Uh, <laughs> it was John Lennon's list, essentially. Two changes. Um, I took out the Parasite and put in Death Leaper and removed the Paravore. I really like Death Leaper. He's great. Mm. And then the uh, adaptive ability I changed to no Overwatch or set to defend. As Chris said, there's flamers around, right? I was expecting loads of demons. Mm. Um, didn't play him once. Good. That's the that's um, the nature of a meta threat like that. They're not quite absolutely. common enough to really know that you're going to hit them. It's frustrating. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but I managed to just batter him to death. And then uh, so I was fine after that. Um, then I played... One of the best players I've ever played is Ed Watts. He was great. Uh, he beat me 95-33, which absolutely Ooh. savaged me. Yeah, oh, wow. absolutely. He did a really great play where he forward deployed his scouts and his um, striking scorpions with Karandras, nine inches away from my deployment zone. Yeah. And here's me thinking, I'm the nid player. I'm going to be aggressive on him. And I'm like, mm. oh, where's my obsec? I, have I put this all in the right place? Mm. And he just denied me primary with... Um, um, obsec striking scorpions, mm. and it was really, really great. Well done! Like it was just, I was like, yeah, yeah mate, well, well played. Um, Interesting. Then I played Raphael Harbinson with his Blood Angels. He was on stream. Ah, very on stream. good, very, very talented player, Raphael. Yeah, very good. He he uh, fall on fury me, and I charged <laughs> his fall on fury unit uh, with my hive tyrant, thinking right, he'll just sweep them up. But then I forgot he had two CP. So we're talking about making ah. mistakes. That's a mistake because I made another charge at the same time and then he bonked my Hive Tyrant on the head, killing oh, it. With no. Three, with three death company. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, that is a great one for our How to Lose section in a minute. Oh, buddy. Um, then I played Graham with his Harlequins. He was, I think he was the number one Harlequin player at LGT, if I remember rightly. Uh, that's, what, that's what he mentioned. But he, again, another great Harlequin player. He knew what he was doing. He's not uh, the current just, number two Harlequin player. I know that much. Because uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's Chris. Oh, on, on the UK TC side, I've not looked at the ITC one. We only look at the ones we're high up in. That's a, as, a general, <laughs> as, as a general rule. But yeah, top guy bought me a pint. I was really happy with that. Oh, he, that's he, the he wins 10 out of 10. Um, Maxwell Cock after that, who was, uh, who was in my, oh, yeah. I my know team. Yeah, yeah. Played him with the Yanari. Um, was a, it, was, it was closer than he gave it credit for, is what I would say. Um, seventy six fifty seven. It was just a couple of primary bits, and then yeah. after that, um, it was it was away. And then a really great guy, Douglas Ember. It was his first tournament, um, but like to go nearly four four at your first tournament. Also to go on eight a three day tournament for your first tournament, 
kudos to that yeah. guy, right? Keen bean. I remember when I was that into it, I probably absolutely would have, you know, two footed into it like that. To be mm-hmm. fair, you know, really, 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 really good to play. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, really not, but top, not, really nice guy. I made it my priority. I was like, right, I need to give this guy the best game he can have <laughs> uh, as his as his last game at the first time. So, oh, that's amazing. Overall, 4-4. Uh, I've made a couple of changes because I'm at um, Leicester in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically going back, I've, I've swapped out, swapped definitely for out for the parasite. Very, very nice. Because the parasite. Oh, good. I love the um, parasite. Parasite, so such good. a techy little bastard. Yeah, that's yeah, great. It just it has really great obsec play as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And and it has um, the biggest thing really is the um, synapse. Yes. Yes. No, very nice. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean it's a, it's a list you've now had some pretty substantial reps with so i think you're in a very nice spot going into leicester which is good i'm hopeful i'm hopeful i've got yeah, savage armor this weekend but i'm taking oh, yes. on effect spam so oh yeah because <laughs> there's not? no, no less fun. terrain less terrain more I believe so. terrain. try to game Come. it a little bit <laughs> no i think that's sensible i like that there's always the Khan effects as if you're if you're going into unknown territory take your big big shell bugs yeah Great, very nice. Um, and I'll very, very quickly rattle through Hellstorm because I was at Hellstorm this past weekend. It was my first GT with Gene Steeler Colt. I took a list that was sort of somewhere between the kind of Eric Lathras style bike lists and stuff more to my taste with Omegas and lots of pure strains. I had three big packs of pure strains. And it was a good list. I had a really good time with it. Hellstorm has lots of different terrain types. Um, and I had some, some nice wins into Tau, Knights, and Blood Angels. Um, Tau's on stream. Towers on stream. I yes, I appeared on stream, and if, you can go and watch that stream. There's a YouTube link somewhere. It's three turns of them thinking I'm going to die, and then two turns of them realizing that is not who is dying at all. It is in fact the tower. Hey. The tower die extremely hard. Uh, my opponent Bradley was a really lovely man. We had a really lovely game, um, but he just gave me some space to get some neophytes in behind and the Kellermorph in behind, and then they they did lots of shooting. And we put some holes in in the tower list before they could get to grips with me. It's not an easy matchup for tower, though. To be fair, I think actually, I think I think GSC have lots of things that make their life more difficult. Um, Knights was fun to beat. Blood Angels was fun to beat. They're all armies that I get a bit spooked with when I'm playing Magikari, so it was nice to beat those. Um, all really, really nice opponents, including Thomas Kappa piloting the Blood Angels, who I've actually played before at Hellstorm. He's a really lovely lad. Um, and then the losses were I hit Mark Pilkington's Empress Children in round mm-hmm. two. And Mark Pilkington, the last time I played him, you you can't you come away charmed and smashed is the answer. <laughs> you know, you sort of, he's he's lovely, he's really friendly, really earnest, really enthusiastic for the game. That all comes across, and he just castrates you. Yeah, just just leaves you, <laughs> just absolutely destroys you. And uh, that was exactly how this went. The Empress Children rushed rushed me very effectively and punted me off the board. But I am now sliding into his DMs so he can teach me how to play Gene Steeler Cult. So that's good. Thanks, nice. Mark. Um, nice. Then I also went down to Orcs, very epic cinematic game, abandoned sanctuaries, and he just shoves these three big vehicles full of Orcs onto all three middle objectives, turn one, Gazgul's in a wagon in the middle. I've got my whole castle of little spindly men there. I'm like, are we going to be okay? I (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Ran in, blew some stuff up. Orcs came out, punched some stuff. We were not okay. We didn't quite make it. Um, there were a few swings on the saves, but I think Jack, who was playing piloting the Orcs, who was a, a really fun, quirky guy to play against, um, just just had my number in that one and and, and used the used the sort of the, the the sort of staging really well. And finally, I played Thousand Sons at the end, and it was it was a bit of a rub in the face because it was Mark Pilkington's Thousand Sons Army, which <laughs> which I've lost to before, <laughs> uh, and which he had lent to his mate Liam. <laughs> 
So I lost to Mark Pilkington twice in one <laughs> fucking event. Because <laughs> it's his teammate, Liam, who he's been teaching Thousand Sons. And, uh, oh, God, Thousand Sons right now are, um, are really very, very good. Uh, really very, very, very good. Did he have flamers, Tom? He didn't have them. No, he didn't have them. So this was this was a more conventional Thousand Suns list. I think it would be even scarier with Flamers. He was going with Spawn for blocking, and you know I think Lee Lee's run Spawn in his Thousand Suns list before. If you'd swap those Spawn out for Flamers, which you could absolutely have done, you'd have had you could have had two packs of five Flamers and a character for pretty much that. That would have been horrific. Oh. And um, yeah, Scarab Occult Terminators. All my shooting's damage two with some AP, but he can minus one it turns it to damage one means none of it has any ap at any point so if i'm shooting at one of his terminator squads i'm effectively he's just making two ups three ups against every every gun in my army which is a bit horrifying um so yeah it was a tough game tough game to finish on but i i think i learned a lot i really liked the gsc list i like the bikes are just amazing this is why everyone runs 30 so i will i will move towards running a few more of the bikes i missed having my goliath rock grinders and i felt like Although the pure strains have better melee and reach into infantry, the rock grinders maybe offer a bit of solidity, but also the option of just shooting. You don't have to go forwards. Pure strains have to fight, have to go in. But rock grinders, you can get two, three turns of shooting out of them before you actually fight anything with them. So I'm going to try two, three rock grinders as my sort of push melee counter threat. Um, and because that rounds out, gives me a bit more AP, high AP shooting as well. And we'll see how we go. Do you think so you could have done anything else in the Orc matchup? Um, I think a couple of things. I think the the issue I have with Orcs fundamentally, and it's why it makes it an interesting matchup, is all my shooting is very close range. So whilst it's good, if I'm shooting him, I'm near him. So he's going to be able to wire and charge me. I think I I probably needed to hold one bike squad back for counter pushing after he'd got out and started wiring and all that stuff and needed to i was trying to sort of basically i had my gun line behind and i was using all the bikes and pure strings to buy me time and they were dying on the front line but i think with hindsight i could have held one bike squad back a turn taken that charge then used the bike squad to mop up say his mega knobs his mega knobs came out from the truck if i'd had something spare to do the proper strat combo demo charging into the mega knobs i'd have been able to pick them up maybe then it's a slightly different game um but no i I think it was one where the combination of abandoned sanctuaries and him staging on me first made did make it hard with the list that i had it's another reason i think the goliaths would be nice because again you've got something there which if it goes to fight infantry it will stay alive for a turn or two um because infantry can't just blend it in quite the same way that my little infantry guys can but mm. it's I, there's there's stuff from all the games where it's about when and where i commit things and how what i use to sort of buy myself time with what actually goes and dies and when and that's something i will get more practice with on thursday when i try and fight least empress children i would imagine so i will i'll see if i can get a better balance um then as well but yeah really that's a bat rep um well me and lee jones were going to make a bat rep so we'll yeah. make a, we'll make a bat rep demons VGSC, awesome. and then I think because I want to try a couple of bits that won't be painted against Churchwood, we'll probably not do a bat rep, cool. and also because yeah, I yeah. want to preserve my my poor delicate ego as well. Of course, of course. <laughs> but I will try to build on ninety six fifty nine or whatever it was I lost to to Mark by. That yeah. was th- those games were a bit distressing because what I'd found with GSC so far was that even when I lost, I scored super high. Mm-hmm. Not so, not so in these games. So I need to work out how to get a bit more of a foothold in those really tough games to grind up to the sixty, seventy, eighty. Because I like to try and have good losses 
if I am going to lose. So that's something to work on. Yeah, they're awesome army, really fun, good secondaries. Um, and so I just need to keep getting more familiarity with the matchups. And Leicester will be a good place to try them out further. Because they quite like the UKTC terrain. They can hang about and they've got good shooting. So yeah, we will soon see how that goes. Nice. Um, right. We will now move to the first part of our How to Lose at 40K series. <gasps> Very important series. We're going to put together all the expertise we've accrued over the last few years, losing at 40k, uh, to offer you some tips. And today we're going to do practical tips. We will work through the various stages of the game and offer our best pieces of advice for how you can fuck up and lose at those parts of the (laughs) games. We will start with how you can lose at your secondaries. We'll start then to think about how you can lose in your deep striking reserves and transports. We'll think about how you can lose in deployment. Think about how you can lose when you're moving, lose in your psychic phase, lose when you're shooting, lose when you're charging, lose in combat, and lose uh, to morale as well. It's a whole lot of losing. We'll try and bring some stories and some anecdotes from our own experiences as well. And hopefully you'll come away better equipped to know how to lose. And if you want to apply that in reverse and try and use it to be better at the game, obviously I can't stop you. That's fine. That is your right as an observer to decide to interpret the information that way. Um, but I strongly encourage you to take it in the spirit in which it was intended. Um, so, can, first... can, I start, can I preemptively start you with uh, losing at the list phase? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes. Of course you can. Well, so um, I, I had my best ever performance at uh, Birmingham. Uh, when when nids were pre pre nerfed, I got a four one. So I'm on yep. top of the world. I'm thinking I'm the next <laughs> big thing, right? I'm, I'm honestly literally going there, going I'm going to get four one again, easy. You know, <laughs> the only way is up, right? So I turn up at Leeds GT uh, just after the Knights books have launched. Ah. Now again, I'm not really all fair with like at this time, like with prepping ahead for tournaments, etc. So I decided to take this kind of spam list. Everything's got obsec. It's doing, you know, it's pretty cool. But all the kind of factors are obsec one. The Knights books just dropped. And I never got, I never really took it into my head. Oh, yeah, I should probably play against them. <laughs> Obviously, I, I turned up. I'm like, oh, I haven't played Knights yet. So uh, I got for game one against Knights. Well, so what What do you do? Well, we're obsec five. And we've got the, nearly the same amount of models as you do. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, good. And all my things because <laughs> I didn't pay for the adrenal glands. Good. Yeah. Good. So I'm winning on fives. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just play them once. That'll be fine. I drew them four out of five games. <laughs> four out That's of five games. Good. I went one four, and my morale was shattered. It was a That's dark harsh. day. That, <laughs> is, that is rough. That is rough. The list building stage is an important one. I actually did start doing a series on list building, and that there is the first one on there. Maybe I should do the second one. Maybe I'll do that next week. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Knowing what you're playing into. And knowing what the terrain is like, that's a big one you hear a lot as well. Did you know, 100%. could you hide stuff? What? How, much stuff, how much stuff have you got in this? Where does it hide? One thing I learned recently, a Goliath Rock Rider hides in all of the UKTC terrain. They fit in the little, even the little bunker ones, that little truck. Oh. The truck just goes right in there. Oh. So I'm like, oh, brilliant. You can have several of them on the board. You'll be just fine yes. if, you don't, if you don't want them getting shot. So I'm going to bring three and we'll see how we get on. Um, but it so it's yeah absolutely know the environment you're going into the meta you're going into like we know votan and guard are going to be a thing soon so we've got to be assuming that slugging matches at range are going to be quite rough for a bit um and knowing yeah the terrain pack is also really good but uh secondaries yeah how can you lose in the secondary stage either have you got any key pointers as to how to lose at the stage of secondary selection i think it's um probably the big thing is not paying attention or paying attention to your opponent's army um yeah at the end of the day, you know, you, you go to a tournament and you 
hopefully know the sorts of secondaries you're going to take in yeah. the list building phase. Absolutely. Um, I've obviously, I've, my whole brain is wrecked and distorted by Harlequins. Yes. Because whenever I go to any game, I can basically have them pre-written in. Yes. And my only question is, what are your denies like? And clearly, I didn't ask the right questions against that Orcs player yeah. at Coventry. But other than that, um, yeah, it's just about paying attention, you know, to the sorts of things um, and understanding their game as well. So when we played England at the um, at the team event, and I played into Alex Harrison's Knights. I was like, well, I've played Lee recently, and I killed Chaos Knights, so I'll be able to kill Imperial Knights. And that just wasn't the case. So bring it down was a terrible choice. Yeah. Um, so I think just trying to understand understand your army um, will help you and your matchups helps you pick the right secondaries. Because if you pick the wrong ones, you're probably going to lose. You are. Um, so if you want to lose against elves, pick assassinate. Yes. Uh, my tip Same for GSC, unless you're Mark Pilkerton, in which case you will get your second. <laughs> <right. laughs> uh, Davey, have you got any tips for losing at the secondary stage? Well, you hear people all the time saying, how much do you give on uh, no prisons? How much do you give up? How much do you yeah. give up? But you never say, how do you stop me, right? Yeah. Mark of Corn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things like that, right, will catch you out if you go, oh, yeah, yeah I'll just take a psychic. You haven't got any psychers, have you? No. That's the wrong <laughs> question. You haven't yeah. got any eyes, do you? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. You've just got to be super specific. Is there anything you can do to stop me scoring this? Yeah. With psychic secrets, I think it's huge. Yeah. So I've obviously I've got the I've got the Magus with the unwilling orb. I've got two deniers from anywhere. This is something I do tell people at the start because, you know, I think that's fair. Um, but that's a that's a massive deal if you're going to pay, take psychic secrets. It doesn't mean you're playing roulette with that. Um, I think one of the other ones is you, if you look at the type of army and the nature of it, I think you have to really carefully think about what secondaries are going to be plausible right there are some armies out there where the best you are going to be able to do is spend the game killing them and and being in the game right demons orcs necrons lots of things that flood the board do not give you the time to be going and playing a pernickety action based game and some armies that normally can do that well when they've got space and time to do it cannot do it in those situations right That's, that's where just taking secondaries that play into how the game's actually going to go, which is you're going to have to kill your way out of the, of the mess that you've got in front of you, are much more sensible. So although you may have a game plan you like to do, you need to have a look at the opponent and be like, am I going to get the time and space to do this, playing against something like this? Something like Orcs that is going to do what Orcs do. It's going to run at you and it's going to eat up the board and you have to kill it off um, is not going to let you play in that way. So I think being a little bit flexible is good. Um, you know, we always talk about kill ones. That there are armies that are good at denying kill secondaries, and there are ones that aren't. And it really mm-hmm. depends on what you're playing. Against. If you're playing against Blood Angels, those characters are going to come and die because that sure. is how Blood Angels play. If you're playing against Harlequins, they don't even need to. You'll get a troop master. He'll come in at some point and do nothing um, and lose you the game. Lose you the game. Lost by two points. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Other than him, none of them have to go in at all. Yeah. So maybe you kill the Kelamorph if you playing GSC. All the other characters are hiding in a ruin at the back. If you think you're going to table me, great, but not everyone is going to do that. Some players will. So you do need to have a think about that, um, and that's always always the way with it. And with your faction secondaries, yeah, just make sure you built your list to play your faction secondaries. Armies have great secondaries now. They basically reward you for doing what you want to do anyway. Obviously, if you're a Marines player, take shock tactics every time because that's four, four, four points. Yeah. Probably four need points. to don't take any of them. Yeah. 
I saw Richard Siegler scored like 73 in his best game with Crimson Fist, and that was all shock tactics. Like, you know, Richard Siegler really tearing it up with Crimson Fist. It would have been 68 highlight, Highlighting yeah. how good uh, they are in the well, meta at the moment. did you see that an Ultramarine player won a GT at the weekend? With I Australia actually did, yeah. yeah. I actually he did. he commented on the Reddit, he took um, shock tactics every game. Yeah, yeah. He did. I play Sean Catewell regularly. I can tell you, Ultramarines are good. Ultramarines are strong and they are dangerous. And they actually do have a lot of shooty shooty game in there they are quite horrifying to play into if you if you assume anything you have a very very real danger of just getting picked up by the sheer amount of damage they can do uh, great okay um how do you lose the game at the stage of deep strikers and transports well i mean you could fundamentally not put things in your transports you could <laughs> you could it's a good one it's a good one <laughs> So don't do you use do the transports. You do need to put stuff in them now or you die. So um, as a Harlequin player, I always keep my Shadow Seers um, out but um, because of their um, aura. But I did have one game where I was like, why do I always do this? I'll just put my Shadow Seers in the transport. And then that helps from the movement against your three inches. Obviously, what that immediately removes is any feel no pain against mortals mm-hmm. Any minus one to wound against your troops, and then you're just sat there going, "This is this is quite sad." Um, so thinking about what's going where um, is obviously quite important. And yeah. another Harlequin anecdote: we were just talking about this off camera um, on stream. Ben Pierce, very good Harlequin player, friend of Davies, um, was playing, and he had two CP um, to Phantasm. Deployed everything on the line, but had actually spent one CP to put a troop unit in deep strike, yep. forgot that, and then couldn't phantasm. Mm-hmm. And then Creations of Bile did what he did best and charged their entire army into those bikes which were on the front line. Yep. So that would have that immediately lost him the game. He lost a quarter of his army. He had no way of winning that game from then on. Um and that was because of um kind of because he put a unit in in deep strike. Yeah. And actually, I know quite a common thing, I'm sure, Tom, you can talk about this, is the GSC aspect. People put stuff in Deep Strike against <laughs> you. Um, I had one game when I was running Admech, four planes. I played against Imperial Guard, and he put like a third of his army, all Scions and stuff, in mm-hmm. Deep Strike. I won that game 100 points to 10 yeah. um, because he literally could Deep Strike nothing because yeah. I screened out everywhere. Space, absolutely. Um, and it can be huge. Yeah, I think that the, the the space thing completely links to the secondaries. Some armies just fill up the board for three turns, and that's what they do. GSC are one of those armies. If, if depending on the matchup, if, if GSC have a good matchup, they will f- fill up the board for three turns. Which means if you're if you've got reserves, things like flamers. So I played a game recently. The opponent had all the flamers because flamers are good, um, and put the flamers in reserves. If those flamers start on the board, I think I'm probably tabled in three or four turns. As it was, they didn't get to get into anything good until it was too late. Like they pick up whole squads of neophytes once they start shooting but it's already too late by that stage. Um, and I've had games similarly with GSC where it's like, because you can deep strike, you think you should, isn't always the way. Sometimes, and I, th- I think in, in recent times, I've got better at knowing, yeah, I need the bulk of the army on the board because I'm going to be shooting from the start. You know, there's not going to be time to be setting up cool plays out of deep strike. I just need to have more of the resources to play with from the get-go. Exceptional circumstances and knowing when to put stuff in reserves that you might not normally is also really useful. Obviously, you can put anything in reserves these days. My One of my worst ever performances of 40k ever was on stream at Goonhammer. I played against Death Guard and I lost something like 90, 35, something like that. And I there just wasn't space on the board for me to put my Ravagers and Raiders and the like comfortably with 
a large range of like Volkite contemptors and plague burst crawlers and whatnot gunning for them up in it was a long a sort of a long ways deployment. And what I should have done was just put two of those in reserve. I have CP to put a, a raider and a ravager in reserves, and then I can hide stuff, and then I can spring my attack later on. Does it change the game? Maybe not, but it certainly makes it less of a heavy defeat um, because I'm not just losing stuff because I've gone second, right? Um, and I've, I've hoped I wouldn't. So I think that's that's a useful one as well. Um, deep striking to help out your actions game plan can be good like it's always nice to have a little five man for r&d if you play r&d or if you know something like that just ready to pop down and do a corner somewhere um but just remember to have points for phantasm as well i guess would be the, i'm the sure ben is loving that we brought this up twice now That's yeah i was gonna say it's a bit mean we actually because we're not really supposed to be poking fun at random people we don't know <laughs> I've never we, we should be going after ourselves that was very much the point of this so i'm sorry because he's really happy He's really ben happy with his results. Yeah. 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 So, if your only defeat is to Don Maidlow, then you've done very well, ultimately. Absolutely. So I, I think that's just fine. I don't think there's any shame in that at all. We just It's just easier to laugh at people on stream, isn't it? That's why it's fun. The only other <laughs> thing I'd add to this deep strike conversation is always double check about Auspex scan. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, the so, T-Suns one always gets me, man. It's always so gets. horrible, the T-Suns one. Yes. 18 inches. That is absurd. That is absurd. I mean, I'm biased. Minus extra strong bolters as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly nasty. You can cop like 40, yeah, 40 shots of AP2. That's not what you need no. if you've got five guys with a five-up save. Um, awesome. How do you lose in deployment? Well, um, I'm going to have to bring up something that Tom likes to bring <laughs> to me. Um, so, once upon a time... Was it January this year? Or was it last I, year? I, I have remember. no idea when. Quite a while. Uh, Tom came over, and I just bought a Space Marines army <laughs> and a beautifully painted Space Marines army. And we're like, let's use this on stream. We'll have a fun game. <laughs> and I'm going to try this really like narrative approach with it was it was and stuff. And uh, Tom brought his software, yeah. and I was like, oh, what should I play my Space Marines as? I know I'll play them as Ultramarines because you know I'm psychic and knew they would be winning GTs in the future, and. I deployed, I had lots of tanks and dreadnoughts and that sort of thing. And I got first turn. Yes, you did. Uh, Ultramarines get a redeploy of three units. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, Tom's left out all these, all this stuff. Dark Reapers, I know they're scary. They're <laughs> over in that corner. So I'm going to move all my tanks and stuff to this corner where I can draw line sight across the board, lap them away. I'm a tactical genius. Now, there were, two, there were two issues with this. Issue number one was that I had been playing um, Admech for quite a while at that point. I just assumed these dreadnoughts and tanks would have range across the board. I was sorely mistaken. So what happened in my turn one? So I went, right, they're going to shoot down there. And Tom went, I don't think you've got range, mate. <laughs> uh, Tom was very right. And... Um, my alpha strike did nothing. <laughs> um, the second problem was that Tom in his list had some wraith guys with some good cannon. Were they called LED cannons? Wraith, no, these were wraith cannons. This wraith is not. Cannons. This was not. This was an eighth edition wraith guard with wraith cannons. So yeah, so this is a wraith gun. cannon. Not optimal. Very short range. Strength eight, like D six damage. But they're, they're great if the opponent comes within nine inches of you. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> By any rights, Tom would never get to fire these guys. <laughs> no. But in my genius masterstroke, I had decided to put myself about 15 inches away from <laughs> these things. 
And of course, Tom then got them out of the transport, advanced them, yeah, yeah. and all hell was let loose on my tanks. Yeah. So my learning point from that, apart from don't play the first time you use an army, is on a um, yeah, don't video it. Is on battle report, which we'll never see the light of day, thankfully. Um, <laughs> one for the archives. The archives yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, so it's firstly check your distances, yeah. your ranges, and secondly think about your opponent's distances as well. Um, and obviously we always talk about, you know, pre-measuring and we all do it now, don't we? We're like, right, okay, how far can that unit move? What's the ranges? You're checking all those things. Um, but yeah, if you don't do it, that's the sort of thing that can happen. Mm. Um, and that's, that's my, how so it's a particularly sad story that one. And I do often share it. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Okay. Uh, David, do you have any deployment stories? Um, so last night I played Votan and deployed both my hype tyrants in a line. Ah, no. <laughs> oh, dear. So luckily, he couldn't and do it. have a weapon, which is quite good, uh, something like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty much what everyone's been talking about forever. Yeah. Been, I think it is. Um, but luckily enough, I dodged it because I was, I had, um, what you call it, uh, Tyrant Guard in the way. But oh, it's yeah, one of those yeah, things yeah. when I was like, oh, I'm okay, that's fine. But it's just mm. it's just having those considerations. I know it sounds daft, and it's it's case by case. But I think to, to Chris's great point, right, it's all about sometimes thinking you know too much. Yeah. Or you know, um, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's kind of like, like I was being complacent last night without asking mm. the questions. And I think it's, it's, it's having that kind of knowledge of go, if I do this, can you, is there anything you can do here or something like yeah. that? You know, it's, it's Threat just, range, again, that get that conversation going. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is actually something that a good, a nice opponent will basically work with you on. If you ask the right questions, you'll, you know, you hit that nice point where they, they will tell you what what sorts of things you need to look out for. But you need to ask the right questions to know things like Death Company yeeting their way across the board or Atalan Jackals yeeting their way across the board. Both terrifying uh, super soldiers in their own right. Um, <laughs> so that's you know that's that's really important. Another big one, and I just took me a while to do, deploy as if you might go first or second. Right, that's a very mm. basic point, but you will go second and first in your games like different different times. So don't deploy with only one of those outcomes in mind. Sometimes this happens. I've definitely done this. As I say, the Death Guard game, I was just like, well, I just hope I go first and I'll shoot with some stuff. Hello, and Ben Pierce deployed. Um, <laughs> 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 What's up? No, you mean you and him are going to be in very real competition for the Harlequin, yeah. Harlequin's yeah. top 10 now so it's you know this is we're starting some beef here let's have it let's have, let's have it um but yeah so deploying with a with a game plan for either of those things i've definitely done it where i've had like witches literally on the line it's like well if i go first they run over they do r&d and that's just a difficult corner sorted and if they go if i go second they just die and it's like that's that's just 55 points that is dead for no reason there is no need for you to do that That that's a stupid play and i've definitely done that before um and obviously yeah some armies are super quick know if your opponent has a redeploy know if they have stuff that can go 22 inches and be in your grill have a plan for that that's where things like screens are really good definitely had games where stuff has got right in my in my face and t- started tying stuff up when i didn't want it to do so um i think the the last time i got i got absolutely wrecked by john spence at a local one day uh because it was my first introduction to the black legion terminators teleport killer guy reza guy short charge oh, yeah. everyone's happy but i had rangers i had three units of rangers so i could very easily have happily had rangers just all the way along the front stopping anything like that happening and if he does drop in 
Bolter's kill ranges. As it was, he got to Bolter a troop to death, charge another thing, and then I had 10 Terminators literally on my backfield in turn one, which is, I'm looking at that being like, I have not done very well in this game. (laughs) 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 This is... This is a low point. Uh, this is. I think, the, this I think is, deployment's the worst mistake, right? Yeah, because it yeah. literally sets up the entire game to then oh, absolutely. in one direction. Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And so either, I mean, if if you have any tools where you can correct deployment, that's so good and take it every time. Like the Tau redeploy, the Eldar redeploy, stuff, stuff like that is super good because it does cool. help you correct those mistakes. Question on this, right? I yeah. this really nerdy thing that I get the mic taken out of me by my friends, where I okay. PowerPoint every map at the GT, and I deploy Whoa. on the map to scale, uh, and then okay. I go, okay, well, if I'm here, can I get like where's the line of sight stop? So I know exactly where line of sights are. Ah, uh, um, right. too much effort. I'm not sure. No, I think I think a lot of top players do this. I've, I've top players. You do on TTS, don't you? People have shown me TTS firing lanes. I know Sean Capewell does this. He wants to see where his contempt of dreadnoughts can shoot things, and it's not somewhere I've gone. But I do obviously like. To, that's I mean the one thing you can always do is you can play on those maps, right? We all play on the UKTC stuff all the time now. I think it's become like our default. <laughs> and like the first few times I went to those big events, I'd play games where I'd be like, oh, it's just like they just like they know everything. Like they, you know, they seem to they seem to have a really good plan, and I, I don't feel like I, I feel like I'm figuring it out. And that's the difference between actually yeah. practicing deploying on the right things and not doing it. Um, movement. How do you lose in the movement phase? I've got a great story for this one. I had a game against Aiden Brocklehurst at Twisted Warp where I alpha struck him so hard in turn one that he literally just had Morven Val, Celestine, and a Cannoness left on the board because he'd put a lot of stuff in reserves, which was clever, incidentally. Aiden used reserves very cleverly because I think he knew what was going to happen and he kept a shit ton of stuff up in the sky. And I had had such a good turn, artillery picking stuff up, Harlequin's picking stuff up, but I'd moved just close enough to let Celestine do her long intervention thing. And props to Aiden, he basically won that game just using Celestine, springboarding off that one combat and getting her all around the board, causing enormous havoc. Um, And then using his reserves super cleverly as well um, from Deep Strike as well. But that's a classic case of extended heroic intervention don't walk into that try and double check where these things are stuff can intervene six you got to again you got to ask questions you've got to know if anything's going to behave slightly more slightly unusually to what you think is going to happen and that was a game where a misstep in what in a turn that had gone super well completely changed the character of the match Mm. either of you two got any uh movement cock-ups um just Just moving forward too quickly, right? It's like you don't have to do <laughs> yeah. full movement. You don't yeah. need to charge forward. You absolutely do no, not. You do not. Um, and uh, like if you just move your entire army forward, even if you are one of those kind of armies, that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Sometimes doing your opponent is... can just savage you. Turn one. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. It's yeah. You know, you always hear the the top player saying it's all. Oh, it's, it's it's games are won in the movement phase. Games are lost in the movement phase, man. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually had that in the Thousand Suns game where I put twenty near. Well, I didn't put. I, I stuck a neophyte out onto an objective because it wasn't in cover. Had a twenty blob. They got shredded by terminators. I had like two of them left, and I was like, given that I was never going to hold that point, yeah, why do it? Like it was. It's like it's not got me anything. It's just lost me stuff. So, and it, so it's knowing you do kind of need to know a bit about output and resilience to do this properly. But it's like, yeah, if all you're going to do is get your head blown off, 
don't put your head out. There's no need, right? Um, likewise, sometimes you have to go with everything. This is a conversation me and Chris have all the time because I'm a big fan of YOLOing and, and yeeting stuff. Um, but if you go with everything, it's much harder for them to kill you sometimes. But it depends entirely on the game and the matchup. Sometimes going with everything is the right play. Sometimes going with nothing is the right play. And it's you have to figure that out and know when that is. But as you say, moving for the sake of it, that's not good. That's not good. Staging badly as well. If you get a transport somewhere and it's very easy for them to kill it and kill what's in it without it being able to hide. That or wrap can, it. Or wrap it. Oh, my God. The Lee Jones Rhino. The Lee Jones Rhino. I was. I went to watch a game between Chris and Lee because I have no life. And I watched uh, Lee play Creations of Bio into the Harlequins. And he just sort of put a Rhino right in front of Chris's army. And Chris wrapped it with literally his entire army. And 10 Chosen died getting out. And it was, all, it was already a game that was going horribly, horribly wrong for the Creations of Bio. So it was just the most brutal and horrific thing I've ever seen. And again... Sorry, okay. sorry, Lee, that we're digging into you and this should be about us losing, but you're not on the show anymore, so you can't defend yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those kinds of things, I think, are massive. Being a sort of, I think, thinking a turn ahead is good as well. Again, secondary stuff like that. If you need to be six inches over the other side next turn, you've got to set oh, that up. You can, you can set that up from cover. My opponent the other day did that really well with like Storm Boys setting up from cover to then fly in and do R&D. Um, but you have to be thinking a turn ahead with your movement. You have to think about where you're going to need to be in the future um, and also whether they're going to kill you before you can get there. That's a general good rule of thumb, isn't it? In your turn, you want to be thinking, how do I score my points this turn? Yep. Is there any way I can deny them next turn? And how am I scoring my points next turn? And that's what I've learned is really important with Harlequins. Yep. Um, I and it's easy to do turn one, maybe turn two, but as the game goes on, suddenly you're like, oh no, how am I getting my deadly performance? Or yeah. how am I getting my behind enemy lines next turn? It's sort of like skipping yeah, I've not. I've put these things forward knowing they're dying, but the stuff I've got also still ready. I've not laid that up for the next turn. Mm. Um, I think that's super important. That's actually another thing where knowing what your opponent needs to do is big, right? Because we had a game recently where I basically tried to come and get you, and I dropped loads of stuff in on your side of the board. Yeah. And I was thinking about it over and over again. It's like, well, I know how Harlequins play; that they are going to give me shit for three or four turns so mm-hmm. actually i should have my army and just wait for you to come to me really yeah, yeah, yeah. and that way i have more stuff left for the later stages if of i can run away from you and go yeah. and score my points if i drop in somewhere else in your backfield you're like well fine i don't need that now i'll go and have a different backfield somewhere else so, it's yeah, like, yeah. so i think that's that's an important lesson knowing mm-hmm. that an army's sort of the demands of an army's secondaries are going to put things in certain places so when you play chaos armies and demons armies you know stuff that matters to them is going to go and stand in the middle which is scary on one level but actually gives you enormous power like enormous power if you're like there's gonna be these three characters and this block of guys here every game you can plan around that really nicely but you do need to know what they're gonna do for that and if you don't you'll be surprised i guess so no no stuff that's important otherwise you lose things i do have one thing and yeah, I'll, I'll mention it in the movement phase because it happened in the movement phase, but it's te- not technically movement, I guess. Okay. Um, I played oh, a few years ago. Now I was playing my custodies, and I played against Kieran with his death guard. Okay. And Kieran had like lots of dreadnoughts, and I built my custodies list for two like ten man um, or eight man like Alaris blobs. Mm. And the idea was, once I'd on the board, and turn one, I unleash the lions. 
Yeah. And then um, and they were all individual units. And I had this other unit which dropped down. I then built another list, which was a load of bikes, big blob of bikes, and one blob of Alaris. And the Alaris would unleash the lines, and they'd all go and do their own little things whilst the bike was there. That was the plan. So I played against um, Kieran. In turn one, I went and unleashed the lions and my terminators, my eight terminators, all ran out to the middle. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to engage on all fronts and yeah, yeah. do all of our little things. And as, almost as soon as I did it, and then I charged into a bloat drone, which was sat in the middle, which exploded. And instead of my eight Alaris Terminator blob doing um, <laughs> mortal wounds, he did D3 mortal wounds to every single Terminator. <laughs> He's already been thinking, oh, this isn't going to work because I'm going to fight with one Alaris Terminator. He's then going to interrupt and be able to chop up some of the other Alaris Terminators. So I was already thinking this plan is not going very well. And then on top of that, we then realized that his you know, two Leviathan Dreadnoughts were like, this one gun will kill that Alaris. This one <laughs> gun will kill that Alaris. And the Alaris just got decimated. And basically, I spent five turns in a really bad mood because I was like, I've lost this game literally in my first turn because I did something so stupid. It's impossible yeah. to win now. And we were doing like this league at the time. And I was just like, oh, God. So the, the movement phase is the king of the, you can do that. Do you mm. need to do that? Right. That is the that is the phase where I think more than any other, you need to ask yourself over and over. Yep. That's the thing I can do. Do I need to do that right now? Is that a good thing? Is that a useful thing to be doing? Are there going to be unintended side effects? And um, linked to your idea of moving, like, do you have to move? When I played Manny, um, where we had this admec off, um, and he had all these, like, 100 rangers, and I had lots of different units. And first turn was just a battle in the skies of all the planes. But I'd kind of moved a lot of stuff out to try and get to him, because I knew I had to get to him. But actually, that was such a stupid thing to do because it just meant his rangers then just picked up all those things, charged those things, and suddenly, you know, by turn three, he was in my deployment zone. Mm. Um, whereas actually now, having played the Harlequins for a long time, I would know actually all this stuff is just going to stay in my half. Yeah. We'll have a battle in the skies. We're going to see who wins the battle in the skies. And then I might start moving on and try and deal with some of his stuff. But actually yeah. just moving to try and get somewhere when you're just – stood with your dick in the breeze like you know yeah. getting shot by something is a complete complete waste of time You're just yeah. giving you a, a yeah. own, own because it's, it's not even just as bad as not achieving something it's helping your opponent achieve yeah. things right and that's that can be really bad um okay psychic phase how do you lose in the psychic phase yeah so one of the things yeah you think so right um so one of the things that i uh, that i would very much recommend is if your opponent has no way to deny you, don't feel like you have to go, right, this person's going to do this, roll dice. Get your cards, put them next to every psyker, and say, right, they're going to do these two, they're going to do those ones, they're going to do those ones. And just plan out your psychic phase, man. Like, yeah, got, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's literally nothing stopping you from doing that. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you just then roll dice, roll dice, roll dice, psychic phase mm. over. But you're not... You just take away the risk of doing yeah. anything done. Because sequencing can be a real issue in the psychic phase, right? If you 100%. forget, you use a re-roll on something that's more important. and well, Sorry, you've got something more important later. You've already used a re-roll. You're not thinking about what needs to happen and where. That can really fuck things up. Um, I've definitely had it where, like, you know, if you've got like a move again power and you've already used a re-roll and you fail your move again power, you're like, oh, God. Man, yeah, I'd hate to be T-Suns. Could you imagine 
Oh, so There's much admin. admin for that. Bit, so right? much admin. We did yeah. actually have that. The one, the one high moment for me in the T Suns game was that his little, he's got a little dude on a disc that goes in, casts a psychic interrogate, flies out again, yeah. and he he cocked up the sequencing on that so that I stopped him. Yes. And he was just stood there in front of my army, and I just shot him to death. I was like, well, <laughs> there's there's some catharsis here because he's the only guy here that isn't rocking like a two up save. And <laughs> um, but yeah, no, exactly that. I think that's that's where games can go wrong. Um, I think knowing, obviously, deny ranges, keeping an eye on, you know, if you want to be able to cast powers without getting stopped, making sure you get your actions done if you've got psychic actions, making sure that you do those first and get those resolved. And if you've got any tools for stopping those being denied, then use them on those rather than wasting it on like a smite or something. Um, I think um, unnecessary casting. Yes. Um, we've, we've all been there, I'm sure. Oh, what power should I do? I might as well do this one. Oh, I've, I've now perilsed. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I've had that. I once had a show seer who um, double perils off both his casts and uh, blew himself up. Was, that, was um, I playing you when that happened? Or did, how do I yeah, know? This was against Grey Knights. Um, uh, my, my one show seer just had this run where he perilsed like twice every game yeah. um, and killed himself like two or three games in a row. And yeah, the pinnacle was in literally, well, I want to do this cast like double one. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Well, I'll just take the mortal wounds. I'll do my second one. Ah, double six. Oh, I've already used my reroll elsewhere. Um, oh, I guess I've just died. So yeah, I drawed a double one and a double six. It was, it was beautiful. Be very brutal. But yeah, as you say, no sort of casting for the sake of it. There's a very real risk to casting. You can get hurt, so don't. There's no point hurting your characters for for no reason. Uh, stuff stuff exploding in your own lines isn't very funny. Well, it is very funny, but it's not funny for you. But it is maybe a bit funny for you, but not that much funny for you. Um, shooting. How do you lose in the shooting phase? Splitting fire. Splitting fire. Splitting fire. Yes. This can be some remarkable instances of this. Sometimes you have to because you're desperate. But if you get overconfident. And you just start yeeting different guns willy nilly in different directions. As a Harlequins player, the amount of people <laughs> who are like, oh, I'll kill that Star Weaver easily. So I'll split over there and there. And then I get really annoyed when the Star Weaver is still alive. Yes. Um, it's just, it's such a common thing. We've all been there. We all know we shouldn't do it. And yet we all do it, don't we? Yeah. Um, so. It's just like, again, it's a bit like having your cards in the psychic phase, David. It's like if you have a shopping list of what I would like is for that to be dead, that to be dead that to be dead and that to be dead you go around and make sure those things have happened one at a time with you and ideally you set yourself up so you have cover if that thing doesn't happen right mm-hmm. and it was the same in same in obviously in the in the game the other day so i chucked a demo charge at uh kill rig got five wounds through damage three it made all its invuns i was like oh Oh, shit and luckily i did have the rest of the army to drop the kill rig ultimately that was disastrous for the game because there were other stuff I needed to kill as well. Yeah, yeah. But I had at least set up so that if plan A does not go well, I have plan B, plan C, plan D, um, and other things to get the most important thing that needs to be done, done. Yeah. Um, and that can be that can be really big. I think knowing what your opponent's defensive plays are and knowing maybe how to tease those out, yeah, that yeah. can be good. Because you you know, we've all walked into lightning fast reflexes or something that means you now can't shoot the target transhuman god the number of times i've fallen down on transhuman (laughs) unbelievable um and so and so you know having having a plan for those sorts of things you you learn don't you the different tricks that armies have either it's the gray knight it's the teleporting grandmaster 
God, I hate that guy. Oh, God. Yeah. That's rough. You haven't seen that the in a while, I think. Nah, yeah, no, but I still see him. At, about, a mate of mine uh, from where I grew up plays Grey Knights, and he loves that dude with the three-up in run as well. And it's just like just, just falling down into something like that is really, really frustrating when it happens. Um, I think that one links to my one, Tom. Yeah. Undervaluing, undervaluing killing obsec chaff. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's very good. I've lost a game to you by undervaluing doing exactly that. Um, because you had your Hormigants, and I opted to go after a Harpy, I think, instead of the Hormigants. And those Hormigants regenerated D3 plus 3 models four, <laughs> four times in the remainder of the game and went from the corner. I think by the end they were taking objectives on like the other side of the board, right? Yes, and I played you. I know that you do annoying shit. And I think that, like the last time we played, your Gargoyles were sticking out, and I was like, Gargoyles are dead. I got no time, no time for the chaff anymore because I've seen what you do with it. And so, and although in my head in that game, I was like, well, the harpy is a harpy. So I've got to drop that if I can drop that. Actually, taking out the obsec early in a game can be huge, right? And if if it's around later on, it's absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. Especially against Nids at the moment, by the way, because Nids, like, if they're not taking warriors because warriors have got been nerfed heavily, if they yeah. they are using hormigans to turn against stuff like that, if you can get rid of those and oh, you haven't yeah. got any other obsec, like you can you can bully them in in the primary. Completely. Um, and, and you know, it's one of the reasons why I lost a lot of my games at Coventry is the primary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, completely. I think that's completely. We right. have a video series on playing the primary. We do. Need to watch that. Go and watch it in the. I don't know how promoting myself or in the link down below. Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. There's a there's a look. You can go and you can do. Wait, I don't know. Google it. Like um, no, that'll that'll be that'll be good. Um, sometimes shooting makes things worse as well. Stuart, if you are watching, Stuart is the king of your shooting making your life worse because Stuart will poke some zombies out, and you shoot the zombies. And then he regrows the zombies, and then he regrows them onto an objective, and then he gets a twelve primary. And stuff like that is extremely powerful in ninth. And I've lost plenty charges of worse. I've lost plenty of games. Awesome. Killing yeah, things. Chris, you're right. Making charges worse, mate. Yeah. Like it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Whoa, making charges worse can be a disaster. Yeah, exactly. You've killed something that you were gonna charge. Um it's so funny when that happens. People get their bloods up, the blood's up. It's like I just gotta kill, I wanna kill stuff. And you're like you've got to charge there i guess in general you want to not be shooting stuff you're planning on charging unless you need to soften it up i guess yeah yeah it depends on if you need to soften up we're segueing into charges here and I oh, think how can you lose charging well obviously well, a big thing for me is overwatch yep um so i remember playing with my necrons into tau this was in eighth when they could greater good with everything I literally remember announcing, oh, I'm going to do this really clever thing. Well, I'm going to move, I'm going to charge my Doomsday Arc <laughs> and charge this character, and I'm going to swing around and hide. I'm going to do this really cool play. I literally said those words. And the guy went, cool, I'm going to greater good with the Riptide. And then <laughs> my Doomsday Arc just went like that. Like, oh, oh this, this God. Um, then more recently, um, when I was playing Thousand Sons for that one tournament, which was great fun, um, in my final game, I played into Guard, and I had these three Zangor Enlightened, and there was an infantry unit, and there was a tank behind it. And I was like, 
well, I'll just tag the tank. So obviously what you do is you charge the troops and then pile in and consolidate and tag the tank. What you don't do is declare both as yeah, a target. Don't, don't charge the tank. the tank <laughs> Overwatch yeah, yeah, yeah. on a five-up re-rolling or whatever it was. That'd be a really stupid thing to do. Um, for some reason, that is what I did. And those Angor and Lighten died. Quite. And it's just one of those things where you think about it and you're like, I just don't understand why. How did I end up at that outcome? Why was that the outcome that I should do? Let's say you want to put something in reserve when you want a phantasm, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You would do that. That would be you great. Would do that. Only a moron. Only a Please don't kill me, Ben. Please don't kill me, mate. Sorry. Complete, <laughs> complete imbecile would, would be the one to do that. Yeah. Uh, 5-1 material at best. Yes. Um, Pathetic. Yeah, useless. <laughs> Fucking useless. Um, how else? Charging. I mean, armies that can move away. Harlequins, really annoying. They move away. They run away from you. you don't so forget it. Charging, yeah. Can, yeah, again, charging can trigger abilities and things that make things worse. Uh, squig bombs. My poor pure strains charged into those squig riders and the squig bomb goes off and that's three dead gene stealers. Now, that's, really, that's really painful. So that just wasn't a good target for them to be fighting. You've got to go and fight something else. You've got to know what your opponent's units can do. Um, also, always have a CP to re-roll your charge. <laughs> good grief. Uh, we, we've talked about charge distances before, but you know, charges at north of seven inches are not likely to happen, um, and they are at least possible if you have a reroll available. So you need to have a reroll available. Um, that's a big one. That was actually one of the things I was finding with this list, and one of the reasons I'm adjusting the GSC list is you need CP for everything you do in GSC. And I had my 3D6 pure strain out of deep strike charges. I love that. I love the 3D6 charge. It's really fun. I will, when I play Leon Thursday, take my aberrance and do that because it's fun and because mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't got everything painted yet. But that fails a lot and you need a CP for that. And so that's just one more thing you need a CP for in a list of an army that desperately needs CP for everything it's trying to do. And that's that can be rough and can leave you in quite a difficult spot. And so if you get left with your sort of your trousers down and you fail to charge, that that's pretty game ending and has happened to me plenty of times. Hundred percent, man. Like I think I've been into this before because Kraken have the spell where they can reroll charges, right? So I go, yeah. Oh, and if I get a nine inch, then I can reroll the charge and I'll probably get it. No, I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. About half like, the time a reroll nine. Sure I think, yeah, yeah. Like, need to have they have a stratagem for three dice. Uh, on the uh, take away one on the charge, and they have uh, you know they have a different ways to reroll charge. Yeah, you've got a lot of good tools. Yeah, but the thing is, they're just helping you get a successful charge that you should only be making because you think you'll be successful in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not, not it's pushing not a, your luck. <laughs> absolutely, it's not like a permission slip to go ah, ten inch. Yeah, no worries, mate. <laughs> Obviously, this doesn't apply if you're Paul James, uh, by the way. Paul James, yeah. Paul James makes he doesn't doesn't even try charges that are easier than ten as a as a as a rule, and he only he he, fails the short ones. Yeah, he fails the ones. He only yeah. he only makes 10, 10, 11, 12 charges. That's that's the life he lives. But we're not all Paul. Um, combat. How do you lose in combat? I mean, we had a great story earlier on with the old uh, the old blood angels interrupt. By the sound of it, sounds like that was that was a nasty one. Just, just take a second to think. Yeah. Some, sometimes you don't even want to fight until they can't interrupt, right? Some, some armies, you just wait. Just don't. It's not, not necessarily the time to have a fight if they are definitely going to interrupt into your stuff, or you pick one fight at a time. Um, and I've definitely had plenty of games where I picked two fights and then just lost something for no reason. So it's not, not been useful. 
That's it, isn't it? That's the classic charging two things. You can only fight with one. Yeah. They've got the interrupt. You're literally just giving them a unit yeah. for free. You are. You're, <laughs> you it doesn't do anything. And you, you're, yeah, you're making them spend two CP. That's literally the only. Yeah. I'll spend two CP to kill a unit. That's, yeah, that's a fair investment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, I think not making the most of your pilings and consolidates um, yeah. is quite a classic thing of, oh, I'll just move it and it happens all the time and quite often you'll be playing games and it's quite a casual game and then suddenly you're like oh actually i should be trying to i should be moving around and trying to get all these different angles what can i do with this um and it's such a precise game in general i think trying to you know trying to maximize those can go can go a really long way and actually talking about interrupts i think people underutilize an interrupt to base models so oh, yeah. I, was I, doing, did, I was doing this to you. <laughs> uh, was, yeah, yeah, so Tom did a really good job when I played him because he knew that I could pile in and consolidate five inches. So Tom knew that his stuff wasn't going to really hurt me that much in combat, unless you're eight neophytes who killed five fucking G... Um, <laughs> <laughs> eight, 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 eight neophytes rolling on fives and fives battered like four harlequins. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Anyway, right off of that. Um, but what Tom did do was, because he knew that like, my plan was to like swing around models to get into deployment zones and stuff... Um, he would, and I would have to start in a place where I was trying to kill something. So Dean Steelers could hurt me, for example, mm. but the hybrids aren't going to in theory. Yeah. Um, so then he would interrupt, not with the goal of trying to kill me, but with trying to um, just to stop my movement. Yeah. Um, so I played Jamie the other day with having like Harlequins versus Tau. And actually I'd done a couple of charges and I mean, it didn't matter in the end, um, but I did spot that I charged one side and kind of did the fighting because I knew I didn't want him to interrupt over here, which meant he could have interrupted on the left-hand side. I put two troops into a crisis commander. He yeah. could have interrupted and based me. Yeah. My two troops were never going to kill that commander. I'd made that charge so that I could pile in and consolidate around the model mm. into the deployment zone. Yeah. Um, and obviously, as an opposing player, Jamie's like, there's no point in interrupting yeah. because um, I could, um, because I'm not going to kill those two troops. Yeah. Actually, the point of interrupting would have been to base me. So I couldn't make that move. So I wouldn't then score those two extra points behind him. Um, as it was, it didn't matter. I mean, he was blapping me off the board and he probably yeah. would have won anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just like those little things. I think sometimes it's really easy to just think of an interrupt as a, is it worth interrupting to try and kill something? Yeah. There's not actually it. A huge part of the interrupt is can I interrupt to stop their movement if their movement's important yeah, yeah. to me? Yeah, because the, as, as again, Stuart, um, our, our good friend and, and teammate, highlights this in the way he squeezes every inch out of Death Guard more than most. But combat phase is a movement phase. You know, it's, it is a movement phase. You, Paul's you, you, as well, you, 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 oh, Paul is also amazing at this, actually. Uh, as soon as you have to run a slow army, you, you see it, right, with both the Deathwing and the Death Shroud. Um, but yeah, if you're not squeezing every inch of movement out of it, or if you're not trying to frustrate your opponent's movement in, the, in that phase, then you're not getting the most out of it. Morale. I mean... What's morale? <laughs> ah, ha, ha, ha. Well, good for you. Uh, 
Uh, I, I, I take a lot of morale tests these days. Uh, now, now, I'm, now I'm playing GSC. I have stuff running left, right, and center. Um, if you have, sometimes you just have to auto pass, right? If it's, if it's knowing you, when is the key, right? Knowing that, when. Uh, you only do it once. So. Sometimes you completely throw it away for no reason. Sometimes you think, oh, I'll get away with it. And then one guy runs and you roll a couple of ones and twos and then the squad. I mean, again, some of the armies I play at the moment, I can regen models. It's really good to have a couple of guys left. So, yes. so sometimes knowing... You that did that in your stream game. Was I it did. Turn game one or yeah. turn one, you lost some bikes. And I was yeah. like, I wonder if you're going to auto pass the bikes because yeah. you're going to bring back some bikes and you have quite a few left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like one or two ran away. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think I think with the bikes, or in, certainly in that game, my assessment was that A, there might be a more vital auto yeah, pass exactly. later on. Because I was in the town matchup, I'm thinking the time will be when burst cannons start hitting my neophytes because if i lose mm. if i lose a whole 20 blob i lose four seismic cannons which is what's going to hurt the tower yeah, yeah, yeah. with the bikes what's great about them is you can lose lose seven and they are just as dangerous as they are before because you've got one lad mm. that can throw a demo charge and two buggies and that's all you need yeah. as, as long as you have that left doesn't matter that term that first term was great because it was exactly like it's like yeah come on kill some bikes i'll regrow them on we go essentially nothing changed that when i did leave a leave a plane on one wound which did then kill my primus which was very very funny (laughs) (laughs) just flew over and punked him that was really sad um but yeah so it's it's yeah i think knowing when to pass knowing when you can't risk it okay if you've got units that regenerate and you've got one or two left it's really really good to keep them around if you can had cultists run away and, and uh, in really important moments when you don't need that. Um, and also, um, it's kind of out of your control, knowing, that, knowing sometimes it's good to fail. So, for example, if you've been wrapped and yeah. then um, and then the th- one of your models runs away and you can just pick up the model that's been wrapped. Yes, this is actually really good again. Yeah, absolutely. You can use it to get yourself out of a pin, get yourself out of combat so you can shoot. Um, and I think the other thing with morale is, it's one of those stages of the game people just forget to do. I think often yeah. quite oh, I think often quite innocently, but just remember it because especially with the way it's designed in ninth, you can kill whole space marines with it. That's great. That's amazing, right? If you get a few expensive models to run away, that's really good. So always remember to do it and to check. And people go, Oh, they only fell on the six. Like, well, let's see. Have a roll. Um so yeah, it can it can make a big difference. It can swing things um in a big way. Very good. That's a lot of ways to lose. A lot of ways to lose in the West. Um, and we will return next time for how you can lose in a sporting fashion. Maybe we'll approach it in a how you can lose in an unsporting fashion. Maybe we'll do both. I don't know. We'll have a, we'll have a think about it. But we'll be, we'll be exploring this, this realm of loss um, in, in other ways in the future. But before we finish, um, we have instructed Davey as the content creation intern uh, to go away and get us lattes but also to come up with a just the tip with which to finish uh, this particular podcast. Davey, what is your tip for the, the eagerly listening audience? So it's something that I've been doing a lot. Like I'm, I'm, my job is data analytics. And, mm-hmm. um, and as a result, like I, I always want to look at, um, if the, is there something I can take away from the data? So yep. one of the things that I, do, I, I would recommend that people do, and you can even do this at very top level, I did the eight, the eight game Coventry. I looked at all the results that I got in that game with that with the, that event with that uh, with that list, 
Mm. I worked out what was my average primary for every game I won. What was my average primary for every game I lost? And the same for secondaries. And then if you work out the difference, you can see what actually stops you from winning the game almost. And what I found that uh, the games I lost, I had uh, the majority of the points or three quarters of the points that I didn't win by were primary. Yeah. So I can actually put that firmly at the door of my primary and that's, yeah. and and it's it, and will that help me win further games in the future? No, but will it open the door to me understanding how I can improve? And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, including myself, don't necessarily look at. Definitely, yes. no, definitely. I think that's absolutely right. Um, and it's really think, easy to do, man. Like if you've got yeah. the ICT gap, you can just, just sit there, like with a little Excel and work out averages, man. It's it's super easy. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to like discuss it with anyone. I'd love to talk to. Mm. to to people about how they do it as well, because I just mm-hmm. think that the numbers, the numbers don't lie. No, I so think you I... love Excel. Oh, mate, do I love Excel? Lee is like obsessed. So it sounds like you just found a new best friend. Yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be special. You and Lee buddies. could just start chatting about Excel, and that could be your night. You well, I do love Excel because I work in the life. beer industry, and my uh, job is data analytics of the beer industry. Which... Okay, you just suddenly sounded slightly cooler there. So yeah. well, <laughs> I it. Well, I mean, absolutely. It's not like I'm doing right? It's the apps. <laughs> the apps are amazing for that, and it's fun because you yeah. can look at like your win rate versus different things with different armies as well. I think that's really useful. Like you can, you can start go down working, by mission. You start knowing what good and bad matchups are for you as well. Yeah, man. I mean, what did, Chris? You said you had 171 man. matches on your ICT app. Yeah, my old battles app. I had 171 games. I've got man, 177 like, at, on this one. Yep. Man, like you could look at like abandoned sanctuaries. How how often do I spawn yep. abandoned sanctuaries? And you could really break it down like that if you yep. were as lame as I am. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the, the more you actually input into it, the more useful it is, right? Like I am very lazy. I don't put who went first very often, but actually that would be useful to know. Like you'll go first, yep. go second, win. Right? If I actually had that information, that'd be good. When I move over to the new app, I maybe I'll try and be a bit better. So yeah, having a more data-driven approach to your games. I think this is something lots of people do now, and it's really, really cool. Really, really good. And, uh, yeah, and there's that 40k calculator thing where it works out like how many units you kill and stuff. Like, oh yeah, I, 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 I hate that stuff. I hate. I, li- I like to be surprised a bit. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like to be. You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that stuff's incredible, right? It gives you really, really useful tools for expected outcomes which can make a massive difference you'll never remember it all you'll never remember it all but it just gives you an idea of like oh this thing is actually quite good at anti-tank or this thing is actually quite good at mullering loads of dudes like it (laughs) i think chris sits at home mathing out trying to kill bellacore don't you chris quite a lot i did do that once Um, with all my buffs, I worked out that it was on the nose. On <laughs> if I invested five CP, four CP with my ten man into Bellacore, and it literally he has well, he's got like twenty wounds, and I did twenty wounds. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was literally that, and I rolled it out. The f- and it was so funny. It was like the first time I did like nine wounds, the second time I did twelve wounds, the third time I did thirty wounds, and it was just like completely different. So I but I know if I go into demons. Do I want to go into Bellacor? Well, if I've managed to soften Bellacor up with some neuros and some spells, mm. then the ten man's going in. Mm. If it's a wing and a prayer, and this is my only out, then the ten man are going in. And I know it's a fifty-fifty. Mm. If the game's in an okay position and I can play around Bellacor, there's no way I'm going to just go in and send in those ten man because they could just do nine wounds, and you know, it's not yeah. a good time. No, absolutely. absolutely. 
yeah so i think those are good things very useful things to have have a bit of practice with and definitely make you a bit sharper and better prepared for different outcomes that's no, a really good tip david well done nice solid, solid first tip he snatched a good tip well done very nicely right. done um this has been a very fun show to do uh, mm. we, we'll be back mm. again in a little while uh, we've got leicester before very long so i guess what we'll probably do is check in just before it to preview um oh, actually hold on that's actually literally next Oh no no, no. we got it's not this weekend. It's the weekend. Yeah up. yeah yeah. We'll be able, we should we may well be able to check in, preview that, and offer some more tips on how to lose. We'll we'll discuss and we'll we'll get back to you. But um, until then, we've been the Plus, um, and we will see you around. Have a nice Bye. rest of your life. Bye.